Alright, creatures of the night, welcome to episode 128 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. Welcome to Talking Taker. My name is Alex Dorio, I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined as always by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night. He's always got Georgia on his mind, especially tonight, Mr. Travis White. Travis, we're taking it back to Backlash 2007 in our home state, a pay-per-view in Atlanta, Georgia that we was at. Travis, are you ready to talk about this Tim Allen special match? Last Man Standing? <laughs> that show ain't going anywhere. It is have more resurrections <laughs> than The Undertaker. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> Dude, that's the second time. Oh, wait a minute. Last time we talked about Tim Allen, our episode got deleted. Let's be careful. <laughs> Knocking on ca- wood, baby. Let's be careful. I got Georgia on my mind. Georgia on my shirt I'm wearing <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah, we're ready. Ready to talk about this. Dude, how, how did we go to two pay-per-views within like four months of each other? That's insane. Uh, we were not married. Uh, we did not oh, have kids. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Had no money, but I spent it. Still yeah. had no money, but our, I, spent it. I was able to spend it on, like, yeah, expendable cash. Our parents paid so. most of our bills, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That helps. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like, Augusta for December, December, and then Atlanta for Backlash four months later. So, crazy. A little bit of an upgrade here. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Yeah, man, we've been excited to talk about this one. It's been penciled in on the calendar here Mm -hmm. for a while. Undertaker, Batista, last man standing for the World Heavyweight Championship, Backlash 2007. Epic rematch, and we'll go into detail. We'll share what it was like being there at the former Phillips Arena with our buddy Josh uh, and all our adventures before and after the show. Not quite as epic as the December to Dismember tales, but... We have some fun stories to share and talk well, about what it was the like. Most because ECW crackheads weren't there. Nah. <laughs> we didn't see them, at least. There were a few. Yeah. <laughs> there were a few there. I'll just the Atlanta crackheads. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we'll talk about all the build-up and do all that fun stuff that we hear, do here on Talking Taker. We appreciate you guys out there listening and downloading and supporting the show. Uh, once again, we had some really good numbers there for that mm-hmm. WrestleMania episode, so... We appreciate it. You guys have stuck with us for 128 episodes, and uh, we're going to keep rolling, rolling, rolling on through The Undertaker's Last Ride. And uh, Let's go ahead and do that here, Travis. Let's take the time travel on hearse, hop in there, and take it back to April of 2007. Pick up where we last left off with The Undertaker going 15-0 and 0 at WrestleMania and winning his first ever World Heavyweight Championship, about to start a big rain on top of SmackDown. Yeah, like you said, his first world heavyweight title reign, but this would be his what, his fifth like overall reign right? Because he had three WWE title reigns, one undisputed, and this was his fifth one, I think. I believe you are correct. Is that right? Yep. Is that right? So yeah, so he's starting that off. Uh, lucky number five here, and we're gonna get a cool graphic at the beginning of this uh, SmackDown April six oh seven that's Telling us we're going to see the Undertaker's Heavyweight Championship celebration tonight, which I just was thinking, like, Brock Lesnar's celebration when he had the Fiesta, <laughs> like, Kurt Angle's when he's got the medals. Like, I don't know what Taker's going to bring out, a bunch of dead people, and present him. I don't know what was going to happen, so I was looking forward to it. He's got a little bit going on here later tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we get to, apparently, 
you know, we had the we had the, the Druids with him on on Sunday at, at Mania, and apparently they uh, were not able to cash in their PTO because he's going to bring them with him to SmackDown. So it's they're party gonna, time. That's right. That's right. They're going to come out and make a little torch tunnel uh, as his music hits, and this the entranceway is just filled with smoke. So he's getting a bigger entrance than he normally would for a SmackDown. Huge pop. Uh, then again, that double pop we haven't mentioned quite in, in quite a bit because it's just become so standard. I remember at the beginning of our episodes, we would always talk about how he gets that double pop, but uh, gets it here and he comes up in the entrance and he walks through that torch tunnel carrying the world heavyweight title in his right hand down by his side. And the only reason I note that is because I remember specifically when he won the undisputed title, he used to wear it around his waist because we talked about how like different that was to see him actually wearing it. And I remember when he had won it in like 99, was that from Austin? He used to wear it around his waist too. So we haven't really seen him wear it or we haven't seen him kind of hold it by his side since in my opinion, or from what I recall was that first, that first title win from Hogan. Um, I was surprised you know, cause I have memories of him wearing the world title. So I guess he doesn't do that till later on. Yeah. It must be like the next year or something he does. Like, yeah. I vividly remember him having pictures and stuff of him and him coming out with it around his waist but right here he carries it by his side which is again kind of a throwback to the way he used to be um well, he's going to come up and come into the ring and get that again latin chanting and everything and his music's going on and uh he gets in the ring raises the lights up and jbl and cole are putting over his streak and, and batista's performance as well at wrestlemania saying that that may have been the toughest opponent yet to uh you know try to attack the streak um, which they say every year, you know, oh, at yeah. once it became a thing. But honestly, I mean, we talked about the Randy Orton one, how it could have been. He was definitely a big threat storyline-wise, but this may have been, you know, I guess another one is really pretty close to actually ending it. You could actually have seen him going with Batista here. So Yeah, um, I think that's legit. Yeah, absolutely. So, but um, anyway, Taker's a, he has a microphone. He's about to raise it up to his mouth and I guess welcome us to the championship celebration <laughs> festival. Who knows? And immediately, Batista's music interrupts him, and he comes out with a purpose. He is marching, making a beeline to the ring, and he's uh, <laughs> outfits and stuff because he's like his jackets. He's gonna wear the next couple of weeks and months are like way too big, but like his shirts are way too small underneath <laughs> them and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, it's just it's weird. But um, this, I really love this interaction we're about to we're about to get here because. Yeah. He gets in the ring, and he just said, he looks at him. He looks at Taker. They're staring at each other, and Batista says, Congratulations. I want my rematch. They kind of stare at each other for a second. Taker gives a nod. Batista nods, and he just leaves as Taker just stares him down while he, while he, while he walks away. And that was it. Enough said. Didn't need a 45-minute Triple H promo. No offense to Triple H, but that's what he's known for. Didn't need a bunch of pomp and circumstance, just a lot, staring, a head nod. Like It's just the subtleties we talk about so much with Undertaker to how good he is and how his character fits those types of things. And it just really – it said it all without saying much. You know? And really it works cool. for Batista too. You know, Sure. Nowadays, he's a world-famous Hollywood actor. He's in the, right. one of the, the highest-grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, as an actor, his character his characters are best the less talking he does. Right. And he's had some promos during this time where it's 
this is the less talking he does, the better yeah. off he, he comes. And same here, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it five words that he says yeah. here, and that's all it needs to say. It, it reminded me of last month. Uh, when Undertaker selected his WrestleMania opponent right. without saying any words and just yep. looked at him. And great, stories told, perfect. We don't need a 30-minute promo to explain Batista's motivation and, right, and exactly. his emotions and, and, and how he was feeling and deciding whether or not he wanted to challenge him. Like, nope, just come out and do it like a man. And, exactly. Uh, it would have been great if the show just went off the air right here, but then it gets kind of weird. <laughs> well, somebody who comes out and doesn't act like a man but acts like a little baby is King Booker. He's going to attack Taker from behind out of nowhere. And I went back and was watching some of the SmackDown earlier, and apparently what the story here is that like he's trying to impress Charmel. He's been on a losing streak. He's trying to impress Charmel. So earlier on in the night, he says he's going to do something to to you know make her make him stand out. So. He goes and attacks Taker, and oh, dude, you're not gonna attack the Undertaker on his first night as as champion and get one up on him? Are you kidding me? No way. So Taker goes over to the announce table and proceeds to tombstone him on it, and it does not break. <laughs> <laughs> and so, dude, when he's holding Booker up, his legs are just like flailing about, and he's just—I don't know, man. I can't put over how like awkward it was, but how really neat it was. But um, yeah, he gives him uh, a tombstone right there, and holds that world heavyweight title over over booker t as he stands there and uh yeah that's how the show goes off the air so it really would have made more sense after the batista thing just to go to black but we gotta get a little put a little stink on him send the fans home happy here that's right yeah it could have been something they did after the show but it's fine right you're putting over the new champ on his first night as, as yeah champion. it's it's not it's it's all good yeah and I guess they're putting King Booker out of action for a little while, too. I don't know if he has an injury in, in real yeah, life or something. Yeah, apparently he injures his knee, air quotes, with that. <laughs> on so. a tombstone? <laughs> right. That's okay. what they say on commentary next week. Sure. <laughs> injured his knee. I'm like, what? Well, uh, uh, SmackDown, April 13th, 2007, the next week. Teddy Long has got an announcement to make. The challenge was made to The Undertaker. So Teddy Long is ready to book that match. Undertaker and Batista officially going to have a rematch at Backlash, and for no particular reason, Teddy Long makes it a last man standing <laughs> match. Right. Yeah. No problem there, Teddy. Um, we're, we're here for it, man. Absolutely. Literally. Uh, immediately after that, though, Finley and Mr. Kennedy are supposed to have a match, and they're had a little bit of a disagreement since WrestleMania, since the Money in the Bank match and Hornswoggle's involvement in that. Kennedy giving uh, Hornswoggle <laughs> oh, that, that yeah. pro, what is it, the Green Bay plunge, whatever that yeah. was, off the top of that, which was insane. Packer plunge. Yeah. <laughs> no, ew. No, it wasn't called. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it was called. Green, what was it called? Pearl River Plunge? Pearl no, River that plunge? was Ahmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. R.I.P. Uh. Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> they're supposed to have a match next but Kennedy gets on the mic and he tries to call a truce with Finley Dang it. he apologizes to the Irishman but Finley stops him Finley says listen to me Kennedy I have never met anyone who whimpers and grovels like you do but says he's going to give him the benefit of the doubt and accept his apology. So they've got like their own bleach blonde alliance here. Mm. And Teddy Long. Blade, Blade Runners. Yeah. 
Hollywood Blondes 2.0. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Teddy Long comes right back out after this, and he doesn't like that Finley and Kennedy ruined the match that he booked for tonight, so he's going to book a new main event match for tonight. Finley and Kennedy teaming up in a tag team match, playa, against... Mm-hmm. Batista and The Undertaker, our new favorite tag team. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> the new mega Azure, powers, I guess. Never team again, according <laughs> to Vincent, man. <laughs> the third time they've teamed in like seven weeks. And, and not, not the, the last. last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also get a hype video on this episode of SmackDown for Mark Henry's return. And oh. just want to note that because that will be important on next week's podcast episode. That's going to come into play. Uh, so, main event, Batista and Undertaker, as you can imagine, they are still very uneasy partners as they make their entrances. Uh, both guys are just staring daggers at each other. Um, the announcers note that, man, it's not if, it's when we, we're going to see them exchange blows with each other tonight. So, right. you know, everybody knows what's coming here. Uh, it's a solid main event match, another very long main event match, about 20 minutes or so. Taker and Batista, they're pretty uneasy the whole time. Batista doesn't, like, help when he, uh, Finley and Kennedy are double-teaming Undertaker. And then when Undertaker and Batista tag each other, they basically just, like, give each other a chop on the chest, basically. (laughs) Very disrespectful. And then they just glare at each other when they tag in. Uh, Undertaker does eventually make a save for Batista while he's getting double teamed on the outside and Undertaker gets all fired up. He throws the ring steps yeah. <laughs> into the ring, slams a chair and, um, eventually Undertaker's about to finish off Kennedy, but Batista just blind tags him from behind and comes in there to steal the pin from him. Uh, Finley clotheslines Undertaker over the top rope. Uh, of course Undertaker does do the perfect 10 landing on the way out. Uh, but Batista gives the Batista bomb to Kennedy, pins him for the win, and Batista kind of rolls out of the ring smiling and makes the belt motion around his mm-hmm. waist, and him and Undertaker just staring at each other down again as the show goes off the air. So pretty simple, basic stuff, creating some more tension between these guys as we head into the pay-per-view in a couple weeks. Nothing really exciting here. Yeah, nothing much. Just, you know, the tag team partners that can't get along. I mean, it's one-on-one, you know? Yeah. Well, it leads us to the next SmackDown, which is on 420-07, Rob Van Dam's favorite day of the week, uh, or favorite day of the year, excuse me. Perfect time and, for uh, a European vacation. Exactly. So this is the 400th episode of SmackDown from Milan, Italy, and mm. really neat atmosphere when they do these overseas. These European crowds are just always so red hot for this stuff. I, I love watching it, and um, I didn't I'm assuming the Monday before was the Santino debut. I remember watching yes. that in my apartment together. You know, and we were just like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd go on to become like one of our comedy favorites Absolutely. of all time. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, so many cool things. So many things we used to do. I still do Cobra to my my boys. I still do the old arms up and Cobra uh, to them to tickle them and stop them and my daughter. So, yeah. You Santino the, Liz uh... is – Alive. Milwaukee Bucks. Have you seen that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. So, yeah, uh, he won the IC title from Umanga, didn't he? On Umanga, Monday. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is Smackdown. Uh, I guess they probably filmed it either later that night or the next night, but this 400th episode. So, you know, a big to-do. And 
Batista opens up the show with a, a match against old Finlay, and he uh, pretty much dominates, but um, near the end there, Mr. Kennedy's going to run in and, and make the save here for disqualification, and they're going to double-team Batista with the old shillelagh, which I still have to look up how to spell every time I type it in my notes. Every time. Um, every time, man. I'll never get It doesn't make sense to me. So I would lose on that in a spelling bee right Same. now. Same. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, What? Doesn't seem right, but my anyway. computer won't learn it. It's just like it, it can't figure out, can't predict what I'm typing yet. Either. Yeah. Well, they double team him, beat him down, and some refs run in to separate him. But Finley's going to give him the old Celtic cross and leave him lying. But of course, Taker doesn't come out there. I think there was some light Taker chants in the background. You know, people want him to come out and save him. But um, later on, Mr. Kennedy comes out and runs through all of his accolades and blah blah blah, and nobody cares. Uh, because uh, Undertaker's music hits, and he comes out, and thank God he interrupts this brutal promo, because I just, dude, I'm telling you, Kennedy, I have so soured on this guy. I just can't do it, man. And he's Mr. Money in the Bank at this point, so um, I remember being not too excited about that at the time, too. But anyway, um, this is the main event. It's Taker versus uh, Kennedy for the 826th time. (laughs) Um, that we've covered here in the last, like, I don't know, eight episodes of Talking Taker. But, dude, Italy loves The Undertaker. I mean, dude, they were they were rocking for this guy. Like, you haven't seen in a while. Mama Mia. <laughs> exactly. Mama Mia, indeed. But this match is, in my opinion, about 16 minutes too long because uh, it involves Ken Kennedy and – um. Taker hits Coke Slam and then Finley comes out to interfere to cause a DQ. There, Mr. Kennedy attacks Undertaker with his money in the bank briefcase, and he and Finley double team Taker. Um, I think they use the shillelagh again. Milan is chanting Batista, Batista, as they continue to double team Taker. They leave him laying with the Celtic cross from Finley again. So you could tell Finley is like the 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 real tough guy because he's the one that leaves both of them laying, but. Um, Nobody comes out to save Taker, you know, and Kennedy just kind of gets like <laughs> the very end, like gets in Taker's face with his money in the bank briefcase and is like rubbing it on Taker's face. It was just really awkward. But, um, and, and you put this in your notes, and I was going to bring it up too. It's like, how is this supposed to get me pumped for backlash? Like, I, I was already sold just the fact that it was going to be Batista and Taker again. That's all I needed, but like, right. that's because I'm a fan. But like, if I I, I want to see story being told, and all I've seen is them tag up, and then now they just don't help each other. There's just no. There's so many more things we could be doing here. Um, I felt like, and I don't know. It just felt like there's just a lot more that could have been doing. So now continue. Incredibly lackluster buildup here, and it's focused it's on coasting. And, yeah. Well, even this is it's focused on. Kennedy and Finley. Yeah. It has yeah. No, there's literally nothing here to build uh, Undertaker and Batista facing each other. It, it's right. like we're going to get them in another tag team match at the pay-per-view. Exactly. I, I just, it's so lame and such an afterthought here. But yeah, at least on the next episode of Monday Night Raw, we didn't get anything cool with Undertaker, but you got a nice little birthday oh, present on April 23rd, 2007. <laughs> I did, man. This was my 21st birthday, and I will never forget this night. This was the hour-long match between Shawn Michaels and Cena that is probably one of my favorite TV matches of all time. You know, it's it's up there. 
still one of my favorites. I'll go back and watch it from time to time. You know, probably once every, I'd say, eighteen months, I'll go back and watch it. And uh, we were at my apartment watching this, celebrate my birthday. And I think we mentioned when Ogden brought you a forty of Budweiser, son brought yep. me a, a tall boy of Schlitz malt mm. liquor. <laughs> so uh, now, do yeah, you drink that every time you go back and rewatch this match? I don't think that was even opened up. <laughs> no, yeah, that wouldn't might might enhance the match, but yeah, that was just a man. What a cool night because like they had they had told you the rest of the card for that night too. Like they're supposed to be Orton and I think Orton and Randy Edge, Orton were Edge were supposed, supposed to, fight. to fight. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they just played it off like it was just you know random. Uh, this match went on like an hour, and I just remember like us being so pumped, like how great we got a cool match. Yeah. It's my birthday, and it's John Cena's birthday, by the way, too. So his birthday and my birthday are the same. So it's Bill Shakespeare's. So we all got a good, great present that day. So it was fun. Really, really loved that night. But yeah, no taker there. But we just wanted to mention fantastic match. If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor and go Absolutely. back and watch it. April twenty third, two thousand seven. I went back yeah. and watched it this past weekend. Oh, I hadn't seen nice. it in, in a long, long time, and it was it was fantastic. Uh, and I remember, yeah, just watching it live. And mm-hmm. the best part about it was, you th- you it came on at ten o'clock, and you didn't know it was going to go on right. to the end of the show because there was supposed right. to be at least one more match, mm-hmm. which they ended up just not even doing that night. Right. And so like it kept going to another commercial and going yep. through another commercial. I think it goes through six commercials or something. Keep, they awesome. keep taking yeah. breaks, and we were just sitting there watching, like what. Yeah. <laughs> no way, man. How's this happening? And then Shawn Michaels finally hits the sweet chin music after an hour, and you're just like, Hoo-goo. <laughs> like <laughs> the only thing yeah. we were upset about was like, why wasn't this at the pay per view? Yeah, on I know. Like, how they can't possibly top this at the pay per view? Right. That was the only thing that made us mad. But uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe the best Monday Night Raw match ever. I don't know. Uh, it's one of them. Top top three, I would say, without a doubt. SmackDown, uh, we're already at the go-home show, man. We had all that oh, WrestleMania <laughs> stuff. Uh, this was a quickie right here going to Backlash 2007. And, um, again, I mean, there's not it's not deep storytelling going on here. It's just some of the most boring stuff here, uh, which, I guess, you know, they're going overseas, going to Europe. They're just taking it light here, I guess. But mm-hmm. the show opens uh, sort of a cold open backstage. Yeah. is just Beating the crap out of Mr. Kennedy, uh, which I always enjoy. Thank you. Yeah, great. <laughs> More of that. And then the camera feed craps out, and uh, apparently someone else had attacked Batista backstage. We cut to Cole and JBL talking to the camera, and then we cut back to the entryway, and we see Batista beating up Finley in the entryway. And <laughs> uh, if you weren't aware of where these guys were, you could see a double-decker bus and a phone booth. Up at the entryway, and you can. Oh, they're in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, Nashville, (laughs) Tennessee. Okay, yeah. I mean, just stereotypical London. That's just like, come on, guys. Like, get something else. So, well, although I did love when they used to have Sherlock Holmes back. Was that Santino when he did a couple years? I think that was Santino. Yeah, (laughs) that was good. I do love that. Well, Kennedy comes out to try to save his his uh, his buddy, and they double team Batista. Lights go out, bell tolls, lights go up. Undertaker is standing in the ring, uh, and the and the blonde bombers back off. Um, bell tolls again, lights go out again, lights go up again, and Undertaker's gone all of a sudden. Uh, mm. Batista is just kind of confused about this and heads to the back. So, uh, you know, they're 
I don't even know what they're teasing here. I don't know what the story they're really telling is. But, right. Um, it, it was a hot start to the show. Yeah. I love this just start. Yeah, you're right. There's what's the end game of all this? I don't know. But like as far as not having a promo open the show or not having, I don't know, just even a match. This was this. It felt like, uh, I don't know. It just felt kind of spontaneous what it's was going like, on. It was really neat. Ask. Yeah, yeah it really was. Feels real. Yeah, it was really, really neat. That part was really neat. But you're right. There's like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's... as far as the action like well okay yeah i mean honestly the wrestlemania build was kind of just like mm, okay and this yeah. one is too but uh we go on kennedy and finley are running to teddy long backstage and beg him to make batista and the undertaker fight tonight uh teddy agrees that those two guys should be in action but he says the people of london also want to see finley and kennedy in action so <laughs> No, he's Travis wrong. Is shaking his head. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Every now and then, Teddy Long is off, and he is off this night. No way wants to get by the in love of, of Undertaker. Yeah. So he makes another tag team match player oh. between these four guys, and it's no disqualification. Um, but that's not the most important Teddy Long news, Travis. Oh, okay. Because, as we know, if there's one thing Teddy Long loves. Just as much, if not more, than The Undertaker, it's Dim Divas. So, (laughs) (laughs) he confesses his love to Crystal Marshall on this episode of SmackDown. Teddy, I love you. Crystal, I love you too, baby. Me. Actually, says those words, I love you to her. Uh, much like Randy Turco said to Deanna uh, all those years ago as well. <laughs> At the B-dubs. <laughs> At the B-dubs. <laughs> and Teddy tells her he actually wants to ease back on his duties as general manager in order to spend what? more time with Crystal. So he's going to find himself someone to help out backstage. So, again, that's going to come into play on next week's episode of the right. podcast. So just keep that in mind. Well, when he said I love you, did she say... Hey, I love you too. <laughs> like I can't do it as good as you did. Your impressions killed me last week. That was so pretty good. good. That, was, that was pretty spot on. Well, she's te- awful. She's awful. But Teddy's you put those blinded, clips in the man. episode, and it sounded just like you. It's, it's great. Couldn't tell the difference. I don't know if I should be happy about that or ashamed. Yes, about that. Okay. it's great. <laughs> Well, JBL chastises uh, Captain Cialis, Teddy Long, oh. for, for booking this match. He's blinded by his love for Crystal and has booked this terrible no DQ tag team match tonight. And man, we just had it two weeks ago. We just had it two weeks ago, <laughs> and it's no DQ, but they really don't do anything with that during this match. Finley hits a couple of shillelagh shots, but they all. Everybody abides by the tag team rules. Like it's not. Yeah. It, I feel like a, te- a no DQ tag team match should be just be Texas Tornado. Like Tornado style. Yeah. Everybody so all four guys in. in the ring. Yeah. But like they're all just like waiting to make tags and not running in and breaking up pinfalls. Like it's no DQ. Got like just grab a chair, grab yeah. a table, ladder or something. Yeah. I I don't understand why they're not all just beating the crap out of each other the whole time. Um, yeah, just get a chair and beat the crap out of the guys and pin them immediately. That's all you gotta do. No DQ. JBL and Cole try to kind of make some sense out of it, saying Taker doesn't really want to help Batista since they're fighting on Sunday. But 
Undertaker is also like running around trying to get the hot tag too. Like it just, <laughs> yeah. they just didn't put a lot of thought into this match, unfortunately. Um, Batista yet again steals the pinfall from Undertaker when he runs in and gives a spine buster to Finley behind Taker's back. So they get the win there. And then Batista grabs a mic and says, Undertaker, you of all people should know that I can't be kept down for a 10 count and I'm coming to get that title that belongs to you on Sunday. And Taker responds, You of all people should know I'm no ordinary man. And I plan on taking something that belongs to you. Your soul. Taking it to another level there. As yeah. Undertaker likes to escalate things. Yeah. And, you know. Your soul is mine. Well, <laughs> Shang Tsung there. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Mortal Kombat the movie more than I enjoyed this build-up, man. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to it, dude. It's oh, they didn't Annihilation or the original? I never saw Annihilation. <gasps> I, only saw I saw the both original. in theater. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, it's like this match we're about to cover has like a really soft spot in my heart because we were there and it's I think it's a phenomenal match that mm-hmm. apparently people are sleeping on. Don't remember, but it's great. But yeah, this build up was just so ugh, like what? It's so lackluster. Yeah, and I think um at the time, you know, we'll, we're going to talk about this pay-per-view being a joint branded. Like, the Raw main event, too, is super star-studded. And they were, I mean, and that match coming from last Monday's Raw with the hour-long. Like, Raw was definitely giving it more effort, I felt like, you know. And so maybe – and we were definitely always together watching Raw and just kind of read SmackDown and watch it if we could. But, but yeah, I, I just I didn't remember this build being so lackluster, I guess, is what I'm long-windedly trying to get at. So. Yeah, it's – it's interesting what your mind does because yeah. like, it's funny. Stone Cold and Undertaker, SummerSlam 98. I remember that match being awesome, but what I actually remember is the buildup being so right. good. And like when we went back and watched the match, it sucked. And yeah. <laughs> like I remember Batista and Undertaker having a great feud mm-hmm. when it's actually – they had two awesome pay-per-view matches. Right. Their feud kind of sucked. Like it's exactly. Not, not a great storyline at all. So it's just funny – as long as one of those is good, yeah. I guess it's going to have some good memories in your head. Uh, but, man, it's it's weird what your mind does, I guess. Right. Plays tricks on you. And, yeah, w- now when you get the good build with the good match, that's, that's when it's magic. Right. That's when it's magic. So, anyway, well, yeah, that's going to bring us to Backlash 2007. We're already here. This is April 29th, 2007 from the, like you said, former, the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. What's it called now? State Farm Arena. Oh, pfft. Phillips Arena sounds better. So, <laughs> I've not been to State Farm Arena yet, but I'm going in two weeks for AEW Dynamite. Oh, that's true. Man, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, have to give us the uh, on on site report there next week. So, yeah, we well, yeah we were here this night. Like I said, two pay per views in four months, and that's definitely a record for me. Uh, you too? Nah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Anything else besides that? Yeah. Yeah, and we were there, like I said, me and you and our pal Gibzilla, uh, Josh, and uh, we had WWE's done away with the split pay-per-views, like you mentioned last week. After WrestleMania, they're all officially, quote-unquote, tri-branded. So um, I guess now we might as well start telling stories about the weekend and our our uh, various goings-on, then we'll get to, get to the match. So, 
I don't remember buying tickets for this one. Like I know I remember, you know, I said on the ECW episode. Oh, wait, we snuck in. We snuck <laughs> no, in. we definitely had tickets. <laughs> okay, but uh, like I don't remember what the impetus was for us to right. decide to get tickets to the show or why you know Chuck didn't go or anybody else didn't go with us. There was just three of us, but um, I do remember us. We went camping with our fellow Young Life leaders that weekend, and yeah. Um, you remember that? And like we, oh yeah, we drove home from the campsite Sunday, and like, our, we used to have apartments basically down the street from each other. Yeah, so we went to our apartments, took showers, and got back in the car and drove exactly. up to Atlanta. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was so exhausted, weird. man. Hadn't slept at all that weekend, but who cares? I'm going now, going pay per view. Yeah, what a great weekend that was, man. It was good stuff, good stuff. But yeah, we um <laughs> we stopped. With Josh, he wanted to buy some sweatbands, so uh, <laughs> he's getting all his, uh, his you swag. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and get all his swag on. He get ready. To, he wanted to look like John Cena, I guess. Yeah. So we stopped at like a Walmart in Thompson. <laughs> he ran in, bought some generic sweatbands. <laughs> I don't think they made it to Atlanta either. <laughs> I think <laughs> they, they were already in the lost. car <laughs> when we got to Atlanta, because that's going to come into play when we get to Atlanta and we're at the show. <laughs> So yeah, we hang out with our buddies Deke and Jay, and we've mentioned Jay on the podcast before, and uh, we we hang out with them, and we went to this place called Wing Nuts, and uh, it was on site on well, basically on campus at Georgia Tech, and do you guys would not believe the pounds and pounds of chicken wings or chicken fingers you could get for like pennies on the dollar? So yeah, we stuffed our guts full of that probably before we went to the show and then walked from Jay's Georgia Tech apartment to the arena. So always sketchy walking through downtown Atlanta. So, well, it was daylight. That's yeah. <laughs> when we walked there. But it, that's my point. It's always <laughs> sketchy walking through. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Jay lived on campus at Georgia Tech at, at mm-hmm. the time. And he introduced us to wing nuts, uh, which always had a soft spot in my heart. They had, mm, Oh yeah. You get a, I don't want to say, Two pounds of wings or something for like ten dollars. And like, something and you got stupid. two soda cans. You got yeah. two cokes. Yeah, <laughs> two, two. There's like, a pound of wings with two cokes and fries for yeah. like ten dollars, man. And, and it was nuts. Yeah, like a thousand flavors. <laughs> they did. Was your favorite? Oh, uh, lemon pepper. I think was old, what I used to get. Old Bay. Oh no, I'm sorry. Old Bay. Yeah, that's Old right. Bay. The Old Bay wings. <laughs> Always got the Old Bay wings. Excuse me. And that's lemon pepper is at Wingstop. Yeah, only place in the world. Where I will get boneless wings. Like, I think boneless wings are stupid, except there. Like, theirs are like big. They call boneless wings like giant chicken tenders. It's like a chicken tender, That's yeah. That's what you get at Wing Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Good but, stuff, man. Old Bay. I need to put that on my chicken wings here at absolutely. home. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we walked from Jay's apartment, parked there, and then walked to Phillips Arena. Like a, it's like a 15 minute walk. We used to. Yeah do that uh for shows in atlanta uh at jay's house and um josh got to the arena and wanted to buy more sweatbands <laughs> he had misplaced it's ones he bought on the way there two buy, hours before the official john cena sweatbands and headband set <laughs> and he bought a stone culture oh, was yeah. that the arrive raise hell and leave shirt yeah man <laughs> I got pictures of them to put up this week. (laughs) Oh, man. It was a great show, man. Oh, yeah. Good times. And, uh, man, let's just fast forward while we're we're on the subject of Josh. So after the show is over, we'll cover the match in a second. After the show is over, we're leaving. We're walking home to Jay's house to get our cars. 
And then um, some guy just pulls up to us. He's asking basically for the on-ramp for I-75. <laughs> like Josh is like, oh, yeah, man, you want to know how to get there? You just go down here, man, take right, right to that, take left to that stop sign right there, go to the tra- second traffic light, get into the left lane, make sure you turn left and go down there and take right by the Pepsi sign and blah, blah, blah. And like, all right, man, have a good time. And then like, the guy drives off and like – that dude is probably still driving around downtown Atlanta <laughs> to this day because Josh just because we we were like, do you know how to get there? And Josh was like, no, I just made everything up. <laughs> he had no idea how to get to I seventy five from where we were. He just gave this guy some some bogus bogus GPS plans and just walked away, like because he's in his cool arrive Rizal leaf shirt. So. <laughs> That's what he did. Man, that is the perfect Josh story. Just <laughs> full confidence in his yeah. BSing of someone yes. just to get a laugh. Exactly. Out of us. <laughs> and it did. You remember that Rocco's Modern Life episode where they go to the mall and they're like looking for a parking spot <laughs> yes. and the guy's yeah. like circling Circles around. around. <laughs> That's what I think of when yeah. I think of that story. That guy oh. is still driving around yeah. <laughs> downtown Atlanta because of Josh. Oh. Classic. Oh. Yeah, man, we had a great, great time. Um, I don't think we're ever on TV on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have bad seats. We're like, on, no. I think we're still on the like the middle level of Phillips Arena. And Phillips Arena, it's not super big. So, you know, I've been to a bunch of shows there and sat near the top, but it's still uh, pretty decent seats uh, uh, there. It's not like the Georgia Dome or anything. Right. So, yeah, it's a very fun place to watch a wrestling show. And we're kind of, we're sort of in the corner facing the entryway, I guess, you know, like, yeah. um, so not quite anywhere where we'd ever get on TV, didn't have any signs or anything, but yeah, we're like at an angle from the hard can basically, like we're not right across from it. So at an angle from it facing the entrance way kind of, so yeah. And I will put some pictures up on social media, not they're not great pictures by any means. Uh, didn't have a great camera or anything, but got a few pics. Uh, Undertaker's entrance and Batista and uh, and some just some throwback pictures of us from 13 years ago, which are pretty funny. Oh to yeah. Look back at uh, were you like? Did you have a cold or something during that time? Well, probably horrifying allergies like yeah. I do every spring. Yeah. <laughs> Is that my glasses on? You had or your glasses on. Yeah. And, uh, Same pair I still wear today. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear them often. I wear contacts more, but this thirteen-year-old, at least, a, those are those glasses are from high school. I've been we graduated wow. 15, eighteen years ago, fifteen Man, years ago. Mine yeah. are from college, and I, <laughs> I complain about those all the time. I didn't realize you were from uh, high school. Oh yeah, man, I'm just too cheap to get a new it's pair. Time to upgrade, just buddy. Rock my contacts. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was horrifyingly uh, aller allergy filled that night. So as I am every spring in Augusta. Oh, but dude, this is our second ECW title match in four months. I wrote my notes. I didn't think I'd get to see one, but dummy me forgot the one we saw in December. So yeah, but this time classics, we got to man. see two new champions crowned. We did. <laughs> Robert Lashley back in December, and then Vince McMahon, the greatest here <laughs> ECW champion of all time, Durag McMahon. <laughs> He's got a do-rag on his head. What a historic it's, moment. I remember being so angry. Oh, my God. Just like at so the match upset. period because I didn't want either one of those guys to win. I wish yeah. they could have both just like 
got sent to the hospital for a shoot. Like, <laughs> it's called the match off. What a giant F you to ECW. Yeah. It's, and he knew exactly what he was doing, too. At least when he won the, like, WWF title back in 99, it was, like, a storyline prop that, like, made sense with the whole got to, you know, him versus, him versus Austin thing. This was just a giant, like you said, wingnut middle finger to the ECW faithful. <laughs> that wingnut middle chicken finger to the ECW faithful that have followed it for years. And, I'll tell you what, though. Yeah. You know, everybody acts like ECW is an afterthought. The chairman of the board put himself on ECW every week, mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. himself the ECW champion. He was misguided in his way of doing it, but sure. he, he wanted this ECW yes. brand to do something like he mm-hmm. invested himself in it. Um, yeah. It's a complete wrong way to do it, but sure. Uh, but you're right. He, he did what he thought would be a good idea. He did. He did. Um, and then so that, that match is followed by the one we're going to cover. And then after that is the fatal four way for the WWE title, which excellent. Cena, HBK, Orton, edge, great match, phenomenal finish. Mm-hmm. I just remembered that finish coming and us just being like, Whoa, and that was so cool. You don't see that finish too often like that but it was really really neat so um you know they at least they stacked a championship matches at the end kind of like a you know in order of importance i guess you could say they did. So. yeah there's no like filler match in there yeah um, there's a great opening match with the hardy boys and caden mm-hmm. i watched mm-hmm. that one actually i got my dvd out and and rewatched Ooh. this show this weekend just because I uh, wanted to see if I still had it uh, in there, and I did. So watched it on DVD, not the WWE Network. There you school go. Style. Um, I wrote in my notes, I don't think I ever actually put this DVD in because uh, the, I think the DVD came out like right when or right after the Benoit stuff went down. Sure. So I, I know I bought it. Obviously, I, I would always buy any show that we went to to have a copy yeah. of it. And but I don't think I ever got around to rewatching it because as we'll talk about on next week's episode when we discuss all that stuff, you know, I quit watching wrestling for a while. Right. So I'm pretty sure this weekend was my first time rewatching this show since we went to it thirteen years ago. Just like That's awesome. I never I didn't rewatch it immediately and then when we got back into re watching wrestling I just never went around back to watching yeah. it. But that uh, that tag team match is really good, and uh, man, we had a, we had a fun time at this show, for sure. The women's match wasn't best. It was Melina and Mickey James. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not I mean, bad. we were big Mickey James fans. I really wanted her to win that, mm-hmm. but you know, it was, it was yeah, it was, a, it was a good show, man. Honestly, aside from the you know ECW debacle, it is, but that's <laughs> that's sports entertainment. That's not wrestling, but whatever. It's it's fine. But yeah, we're gonna have JBL and Cole on commentary for this match. You know, like I said, it's it's sandwiched in between the ECW and the WWE title match. So, um, but just like at WrestleMania, when I said I've heard in interviews where Taker and Batista both said they had something to prove, I've heard that said about this match too from Batista, saying like he was he was mad that like they weren't on last. Like so, he said he and Taker had something to prove again this night, and. Uh, you know, this match and the main event are both both great matches, in my opinion. So, but um, get a absolutely. nice little video Just package. Like WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice little video package hyping up the you know everything from since WrestleMania and Batista's rematch, and then not much else since then. It's just it has stuff interspersed with Kennedy and Finley, but again, they're not even here for this match. They weren't even like lumberjacks or anything. So I don't know. <laughs> they're not even on the pay per view. No, no, exactly. <laughs> so anyway. Well, 
Uh, our fellow Georgians are showing out, though, Travis. There are a ton of Undertaker yeah. signs. As Tony Chimmel's reading the rules off, they scan the crowd, and there's a lot of Undertaker signs in the crowd. So I appreciate that. And I guess the other thing we haven't really mentioned, kind of one of the main storylines here, is Batista is selling an injury to his hamstring, I guess. he's So he's got the his, shillelagh shots, I think, yeah, yeah. His upper thigh all taped up there. So he's selling that. And then we haven't heard about this, but The Undertaker right. is going to come out here. And uh, I, I don't remember this being true, but I'm just going to roll with it. JB on Cole note that Undertaker is wearing his elbow pad on his right elbow when he normally wears it on his left elbow. And they say that's because there are rumors about him having a biceps injury, uh, which the injury is true. And that is going to play a big part in next week's episode. But I, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't remember which elbow his elbow pad is normally on. Yeah. They when they that said that, when they said it on commentary, it didn't like, it didn't stand out to me, like come to my mind immediately. Like, so I don't know. They're, who knows with JBL? Sometimes he makes up exactly. crap and just That's steps in it. Yeah. Sometimes he is telling the truth. So I never know. But yeah, attention to detail from old JBL. Well, well like you said, that'll play into next week's episode. We'll cover exactly. that. That biceps injury is not uh, not for not for the stage. It's actually for no, real. So. Not a work here. Um, not the greatest Undertaker entrance ever. This was not like a really cool set as we've seen for some of the other pay-per-views. It was fine. It was standard average Undertaker entrance with the smoke and the lights and all that sort of stuff here. Um, JBL tells us to put the women and children to bed because we're about to witness something (laughs) brutal here tonight. Appreciate Uh, that. And they are in bed right now, Travis, right? Well, the women and children are in bed at my house currently, yes. So we can talk about this match. So I'm sure the little one will come upstairs in a few minutes to get in bed with me or something. But yeah, right now we can (laughs) talk about this match. Okay, let's get it done. Yeah, let's rush through this. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I do remember just being seeing Taker's entrance live doesn't ever doesn't ever get old, man. Yeah, we'd seen it at uh, what WrestleMania 2000. Mm -hmm. I mean, not 2000, (laughs) WrestleMania 20, and then. We'd seen it at that um, shoot, that show in Columbia. We saw it at yeah uh, that Raw. So, and then here we are again, seeing him come out. So, yeah, um, never gets old, man. No, nah, it, it doesn't do it justice watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. Just being there in person is is spectacular. And man, I remember Batista's pyro being super loud. Sure, yes. Yes, it super was, man. Like just so loud, but and we're yeah, like on Taker, the we're on the other side of the arena, from it. right? We're not right next to it or anything either. You can't imagine how loud it is for him, Dave Batista, <laughs> yeah. when he's standing there, and it like that's got to be insane. So, but he's all pumped and Jack when he comes out, and again, Atlanta is just chanting for Taker before his music even hits. Really big pop, like you said. He comes out and. Um, Cole runs down their accomplishments as Mickey J holds up the title belt. Again, I'm never calling him Mickey Henderson. No. It's Mickey J. Mickey J. Um, well, he holds the belt up and then gets ready to take it away. And the, the I guess uh, Mark Eaton is rings the bell over there, the timekeeper. And as soon as he rings the bell, Taker just big boots Batista in the face and drops an elbow on it. And I think it was a JBL who says that, you know, back at uh, Mania – Batista attacked immediately, and so now it's they turn the tide. So I appreciate that continuity there. 
Absolutely. There's some great storytelling here, psychology picking up on the last match, and that was a really yeah. good way to start things off here. Uh, Taker is dominating in the early stages. He comes in hot with a running clothesline. Uh, he heads up top for old school and connects with that. But then <laughs> Batista catches Undertaker with a slop, super sloppy double dare uh, power slam that almost drops Undertaker on his head and that kind of gives us our first uh, really attempted 10 count of the night. Obviously, this is last man standing rules, so uh, first guy to get his opponent down for a 10 count on the mat is going to be the winner here. And Batista gets one kind of pretty quickly out of the gate with a with a six count on Undertaker. Yeah. But when Undertaker gets up, Batista sends him to the uh, outside. Yeah, and I was shocked at that six count. Maybe it's just because that power slam was so sloppy, though. Decker, maybe he got maybe he got his bell wrong for a maybe. minute. But I was just like, man, six count already. But anyway, yeah, they go to the outside, and uh, Batista's hitting Taker's head off of the barricade and the apron, and Taker then blocks it, kind of turns the tide, and nails Batista's head there. And the ref counts to four. Uh, he starts headbutting uh, Batista and punching him. And then starts winds up starts kicking that leg that leg that had been that you mentioned earlier that had been is taped up and been hit by the shillelagh over and over again for Finley. So if there's anything we can stretch and say that Finley and Kennedy contributed to this feud, it was the fact that there's a target on Batista's leg. So I'll give them. I'll I'll, I'll look at the positives here and say that they did something to help for this feud. I'm you not won't. giving Kennedy any credit for anything. <laughs> Oh, I said Finley. Except wasting my time. <laughs> uh, well, I, I appreciate he's get... though Cole. He's saying that Undertaker has had to shift to using his legs to strike mm-hmm. at Batista because he's kicking him in the, in the in the hamstring instead of his arms because of his injured bicep. So, you know, we give Cole and JBL a lot of crap, but we got to stick up for sure. them when, when they point out some good stuff, and I appreciate that. Sure, absolutely. Well, Batista's going to lean on the ECW announce table and take her, like I said, kicking his leg. And Batista's going to punch him. They trade punches on the outside. Taker rolls him on the apron. He's going to kick him in the face and hit that apron leg drop. And just like at WrestleMania, Batista, like, falls straight to the back, like, on his back to the outside, um, which, again, I don't – I just don't remember other guys doing that bump. More, yeah. Like I feel like Batista's one that really stands out in my mind, maybe because he's such a big guy, but – he uh, he's done it twice now, so the ref starts counting, and of course they're going to get up. So the match oh, can't yeah. end like that. <laughs> That's not going to end it here. That'd be awful. Uh, Batista gets some momentum. He reverses an Irish whip from Undertaker and whips Taker into the steps. Sends Undertaker back into the ring, and then Batista heads up top, sort of again similar to WrestleMania, <laughs> but Undertaker stops him this time. And dude, Undertaker is all business early because he pulls the straps down early in this match. It's serious now. Taker heads up top and gives Batista a superplex, which I I love a good superplex. Oh, yeah. Always gets me excited. Uh, Both guys are down, and Mickey J starts counting, and Batista and Undertaker both get up at eight. And, man, they do this the entire time, but I just want to put over how great both these guys are at selling – the, the getting up for these yes. 10 counts. They both like sell it the entire time that they're trying to stand up. Yes. And they both hit some really, really close nine counts. And um, just kudos to both these guys throughout the entire match. 
Oh yeah, doing so such a good job at that. Because again, you got to bite on these near falls when you're, you you got to get the fans to bite on these near falls. You know, do they think that um, that it could end right then? And yeah, <clears throat> sometimes nowadays you see the guys guilty of it. They just lay around till nine and shoot up, just stand up right at the end or something. But these guys are really, really milking it and really selling those injuries, the leg and the arm for for Taker, the leg for Batista and the arm for Taker. So, like I said, they get up. At eight, and but uh, they trade blows in the middle of the ring. Batista winds up ducking uh, a, a hit from Taker and hits a clothesline, and Taker gets up at eight. So even a simple clothesline again is Taker's selling it to his exhaustion and his, his beating. He's taking, he's getting up at eight. So take uh, Batista's going to hit another clothesline, and Taker's going to get up at five. So I guess that little burst of adrenaline's got him up again, and Batista's going to go on the offense again and hit a scoop slam, and then a leg drop, and then the ref starts counting. Taker's up at six, and then. Taker's going to get desperate here. Oh, yeah. Taker, not really a low blow, but he just kind of grabs Batista by the tights and, and tosses him up out of the ring. And Undertaker heads over to the SmackDown announce table, starts clearing it off. And JBL apparently has never seen a no disqualification match or anything. He says he has no idea what Taker is about to do here. <laughs> Although, no, no. Taker does do something kind of interesting. Um, well, that is true. <laughs> we never, but you really knew he, someone's going through this table. Yes, exactly. Uh, Batista actually stalls for a little bit. He reverses another Irish whip and sends Undertaker into the security barricade. And then Batista goes for a power slam, and Taker mm. kind of <laughs> hits like. <laughs> Randy Orton's weird yeah. side backbreaker, his like signature thing that he does. I'm not again. It's another it looked like a botch to it, me. It was like a mix between that and what's what's Edge's move where he's behind you. Not the what was that move called? Not the downward spiral. That was the flatline. But the one where he grabbed you from behind is like edgematic. Edgematic, yeah. It was like edgematic and Randy Orton's move put together. A little tip of the cap to rated RKO. I guess like, so maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a. It was a bot, I think, so. <laughs> it was kind of weird. But Taker <coughs> makes up for it. He grabs the ring steps and slams them into Batista, yeah. and then Taker has a seat on him that <laughs> has a little breather. He's got a little breather. <laughs> yeah. I love it. He just sits on the bottom half of the stairs over there. It's great. He's just uh, – but Batista is busted open from that. Yeah. And if you're paying attention, you can actually see him cut himself. When, when Taker's sitting on the steps, you can see Batista – rubbing his forehead with something over there underneath the apron. But anyway, um, Taker just gets up and just punches him right in the bloody head. And oh, <laughs> The best pure that. striker in the history of the game. <laughs> yeah, he's pun- punching with his injured arm, uh, which is even more of a tough guy he is. So he puts Batista on the table that he had prepared for deletion. And again, Michael Cole now is acting like he's never seen this happen. <laughs> he has been calling matches for 10 years at this point. But then the Undertaker is going to stand on the barricade like right behind where the announcer sit and jump off with a leg drop through the table like onto batista and it was man big pop i remember watching that it was just it was awesome and it was something different you don't see him do that often so yeah dude it was a nice spot undertaker's throwing it all out there yeah they've spent 90 percent of this match fighting around the mm-hmm. announce table area like yeah so much of this match has been spent over there which was we had a great view of it from where we were oh sitting. yeah so we really did that was fine for us uh michael cole says there is no way on this earth batista will get up from that so batista of course gets up at nine 
And, uh, right. Undertaker can't believe it, though. He, he's he got a great look of shock on his face. And he rolls Batista into the ring, hits those signature running clotheslines in the corner, snake eyes. But as he's going for the big boot, Batista catches Undertaker with a spear out of nowhere. Really nicely done. Undertaker gets up at 7, but then he walks into a spine buster, which gets a big pop. Taker gets up at five off of that, but then Batista hits another spine buster and then picks Undertaker up and hits a third spine buster right after that. And another great near fall here is Undertaker just barely stumbles up at nine. And Batista's like getting frustrated. Yeah. The crowd is just really getting into it here. It's starting to get real exciting with these near falls. And it's just like WrestleMania. I mean, you really yeah. can't pick who's going to win. It could go right. either way. Yeah, it really could. And, like, yeah, just seeing that intensity from Batista was really cool. Because, again, for some reason, man, he just – he is on when he's in the ring with Taker. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but he's just, you wouldn't look at those two and be like, they'll match up well. They'll have a great match. But, like, they do, man. It's just weird. Um, but, yeah, he, he gets – Batista gets driven into the corner after Taker gets up. He kind of – Taker gets a burst of energy and uh, drives Batista – excuse me, drives Batista in the corner – as he's going, going to go for Batista bomb, and then Taker winds up choke slamming him, and both of them are down. Still double down. Taker gets up at six. Batista's up at about nine. Uh, they go to the corner, and Taker is doing the ten punches in the corner, and Batista takes a page out of Undertaker's book yes. and hits a Batista bomb out of the corner. So, um, or last ride, whatever, it doesn't matter. It depends on who's doing the move. But <laughs> anyway, they, uh, yeah, he hits that big move out of the corner, and Taker gets up out. At nine, uh, basically he's he's trying to sit up, and at, at five he's almost up, and then he kind of collapses, which I would call a near fall here again, like in this as far as the drama and kind of get the crowd into it. And when he finally gets up at nine, man, this crowd, aka us, are in a frenzy. Like yeah. it was just it was awesome to see. Like because and I think it all has to do with that little near fall at five where he gets up and then collapses again and gets back it's just and how protected that batista bomb is it's just man it's just so so good these guys are so work so well together and we've seen undertaker finish guys that same way out of the yeah. corner like that it's such a great spot too mm-hmm. well batista is frustrated so he goes out and gets a steel chair he whacks undertaker with it goes for the bomb again but taker backflips batista out of it onto the chair Taker gives us the throat slash, gets Batista up for a tombstone and nearly drops him on his head. Yeah. Uh, and ends up recovering and connecting Batista with it. And again, Batista, he fights up at nine and the crowd erupts for that too. Cause yeah. he got up from a tombstone. Exactly. He didn't kick out of it, but he got up at nine uh, right. in this match. So that's a huge deal. And Taker's had it, man. He boots Batista out of the ring, and they start fighting up the ramp here as we get close to the big spot here at the end. Yes, like you mentioned, they spend about, at this point, 75% of the match around the ringside area, around the table. 10, 15% in the, in the, or maybe 20% in the ring right there with all the stuff we just covered. And now the last, what, 5% is going to be right right here. We're going to cover right in just a second. So, they got, again, brawling up the entrance stage up the ramp to the entrance stage and then taker kind of goes and eyes over the edge of the um the stage and it's like oh i think i'll just throw him off here so he goes to <laughs> throw throw batista off because again he's desperate he can't keep him down with any of his big moves you know keeps getting up so he goes to throw him off batista blocks him starts punching him sets but taker up for a power bomb but then taker just punches him in the bad leg 
and um, lifts Batista up to throw him off the edge again. And that's going to lead us to our finish here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Undertaker gets Batista on his shoulders. Batista fights off and just runs to one end of the stage, runs back, spears Undertaker off the stage into uh, some padding and, and just part of the set, I guess. Some pyro goes off underneath, and then we see part of the set just collapse on top of these guys here. It's, you know, it's an obvious orchestrated stunt, but sure. it's a really cool-looking visual. It was awesome to see live. Mm-hmm. It was, like, shocking. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, did not see that coming. Um, so... Very, very exciting. Very cool. Very well done here. Undertaker and Batista are both down. Mickey J on the outside. He starts, he calls for help first, and then he just starts counting. He doesn't know what else to do. And he reaches 10, where both men are still on their backs. Neither man can answer the 10 count. So the crowd starts to boo as Tony Chimmel announces that neither man can reach their feet, and therefore the Undertaker retains his title here. At about 20 minutes and 23 seconds. So inside the arena at the moment, people don't like that finish. But man, looking back, I think it's a great finish. I loved it then. I, mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, I know I, I'm pretty sure me, you, and Josh loved it at the time too. Like I know that I was super satisfied with it because it meant there's more to come. You know that ending was so you said surprising. Yeah, like surprising, unexpected. Like I completely. Completely in a last minute standing match. One of the things that you're conditioned to as a wrestling fan is there's a definitive winner. Somebody's going to. There's no DQ basically. The match is you can't get counted out. Yada yada. Somebody's going to stay down for ten. Well, they rarely do these double finishes back then. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they probably do them. I don't know, ten times out of ten nowadays. But anyway, back then it was very unexpected and surprising. So yeah, it just. And it threw me for a loop, and I was excited. But like, I was like, "Man, these, this means we're going to get at least one more outing between these two guys," and that excited me. So it keeps both guys looking strong. Yeah, makes you want to see him fight again. It's the old, like seventies and eighties mentality yes. where you used to have guys do a sixty-minute Broadway, have them do mm-hmm. a draw at the end where you know, time limit draw or exactly. something. Exactly, yeah. they're just. Close to beating the champion, and it makes you want to be like, All right, next time he's gonna get him. Yeah, because Batista, he's the one who does the spear, so it's like, right. Oh man, he was that close to beating Undertaker, yeah. but he knocked himself out there. Um, and it didn't go on last. Like, if, if this right. was the last match of the night and it ended in a draw, you might be like, Oh, that's not the best way to send the fans sure. home. But there's another title match, great match after this, coming that, up. Yeah. another great match that has a finish so it's fine you know sure like, I, I wish they would do more draws nowadays and not it drives me crazy you don't have to beat yeah. everybody man i like, know there's a there's other ways to make you excited to see these guys face each other again it, it really helps make batista to mm-hmm. like to have him go so evenly with undertaker even though he doesn't right. beat him just the fact that he was even with the undertaker right that puts him on another level yeah, and like the Miz talked about taking Taker to the limit, and that was obviously a joke. <laughs> but like Batista does, like he you really said, does. he he was on offense here at the end. He's the one that hit the spear, like you pointed out. So you know, you'd think he would be the one to get up, and like you know, so you want to see him get another chance because you know 
he can take take it to the limit. So yeah, we got to get at least one more match out of this. So yeah, and again, these last two matches between these two guys, this one and the one we covered last week at Mania, really cement Batista as an upper echelon talent, you know, and he's going in the Hall of Fame this year, you know, and in real life. So, and uh, he was looking like uh, an idiot the other night at UFC (laughs) (laughs) pay-per-view. What was that thing our buddy sent us? Was it Chuck sent us that said, Batista's looking like what Tim McGraw thinks Tim McGraw looks like? I think that's (laughs) it. Spot he's got on. his nose ring. It's like his uh, cowboy hat. It's, yeah, but um, love Batista. Love this match. Again, I know we were there, but man, I just feel like this match doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second here as uh, we get to the the listener responses here. But if you have not seen this match ever, if you haven't seen it in a long time, it is worth going yeah. back and watching. It's definitely going to be in consideration for my top 10 of this mm-hmm. era when we get there. Uh, we'll see how things play out uh, by that time. But, man, it's it's one of the best we've done so far of this era, without a doubt. I, everyone loves the WrestleMania match. I, either one, man. They're it's a pick em, 1A, yeah. 1B to me. I, I'm not sure yeah, flip a which coin. one's better. I, I don't know if I could put which one above the other here. But very very fun um just to close it out undertaker does get up to his feet first out of the wreckage and calls out as his music plays and batista stumbles out afterward and like you said you can tell these guys are going to go at it again and we'll talk about that next week as plans change a little bit uh certainly seems like these guys would have at least another pay-per-view match left in them and they do, but it's not going to happen as soon as we think because that bicep injury is going to play a big factor into next week's show as we take a big time jump here from Backlash 07 all the way to Unforgiven 07 in September of that year. So we're going to skip ahead five months as The Undertaker goes out with an injury. We'll cover him losing the title in tragic fashion to Edge, who has the money in the bank uh yes not yeah Mr. lots Kennedy, of edge yeah lots of injuries are going to change what's going to happen we're going to talk about next week so that's yeah. right weird weird time um and then a lot of things happen in the uh in the in the intermediary time between that pay-per-view as well a lot of things change in the world of the wwe vince Obviously, blew up <laughs> vince man <laughs> teddy long proposes to crystal <laughs> marshall and I course, do. <laughs> that seems like it could be not getting worse, but it really does, though. The most tragic, uh, most disgusting moment in WWE pro wrestling history, the Chris Benoit murder-suicides. Uh, we will talk about that, the huge effect it had on the wrestling industry, uh, the effect it had on us as fans, mm-hmm. and why uh, we basically gave up on wrestling for a long time after that. So a lot of this stuff we're going to cover the next few weeks is going to be new to us. We'll explain all that, uh, but we'll also, you know, we'll try to keep it fun as we do on here. Oh as yeah. Well. we'll find the fun and all the undertaker buildup and it'll be exciting to, to see some stuff we've never, ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll cover unforgiven. Oh seven next week, undertaker and Mark Henry again. So be sure to let us know what you thought about that, but we want to hear your thoughts on this match you know where to find us at Talking Taker on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we are on all the podcasting services on YouTube, and Pod, uh, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And as Travis mentioned, we didn't get as much feedback on this episode. Um, yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> 
at Downturn The, the Downturn podcast said, I have absolutely no memory of this. Uh, I think I'd taken a wee break at this point, and I'm not sure if he means he taken a, a, a small break from wrestling, or if he just took a wee break during this match. <laughs> right, is he just like playing like the Nintendo sure. Wii, or was he in the in, in the lavatory for like 20 minutes? <laughs> well, he spelled it W-E-E, so I'm not sure if it's uh, he was playing Wii Sports or anything. Okay. Although, we definitely were during this time. Oh, seven, yeah. Right? Oh, 07, yeah. bro. All day, yeah. dude. Man. <laughs> Wii Sports and Wii Play, that's dude. all we needed. Oh, we didn't need any other man. games. <laughs> hours on hours of that. The tank man. game? The tank yeah. game, or one, like the Where's Waldo thing. We yeah. had to like, find the guys. The find there. the me. Oh, yeah. man. Or Wii Golf. Like, we played that for we like, did, Yeah, golf and tennis, long, man. man. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> uh, uh, at rest. A Wii break. Gotta go for a Wii break. <laughs> Go take the wee break. I was over in Jolly London. Yeah, take a wee break over there. At Wrestle Features, uh, commented on the the uh, the match graphic and said, "Oh my oh, gosh, golly. that Photoshop of the belt on Taker is awful." And it's so bad. It really is. I thought the same thing, man. And at Princeton John Two said, "Only really remember the ending where Batista speared Taker off the stage, and it was a draw." I mean, that's all you got to remember. It yeah. Was, it was excellent. Um, uh, but yeah, man, people out there, if you're listening and you haven't seen this in a while, you got to go check this out, man. It, it was so much. It, I guess it's it's underrated. I didn't realize that. It is, yeah. I, I had no idea. People slept on it so much. Yeah. Probably because we were there, so it's like definitely special to us. But I mean, even I just don't get it. Like, why is this match not more talked about? It's so great. Yeah, man. So great. These two matches are awesome. So. And. Man, we did get one more comment on our <laughs> social media, not related to this match, but I was just flabbergasted when I got a <laughs> notification on our at Talking Taker Instagram Taker uh, or Travis uh, from uh, a former guest on this show. And we don't have many guests. We don't have had many guests, but uh, the man who inducted you into the right to censor as an honorary <laughs> member, the Godfather. Came out of nowhere and commented on a random old Instagram post, yeah. and it's verified. He's got the blue check mark. Yeah. It's the Godfather, dude. Uh, it's the one where I post the side by side of the Undertaker Survivor Series 2000 pants and the Godfather yeah. Rumble 02 pants that look eerily similar. And Godfather just posted BSK for life, dude. <laughs> I cannot believe that, and that was so episode huge, 67, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Like, which means that brother was rolling back in the archives, <laughs> looking for himself on Instagram, he, found it. He rolled something uh, else and started rolling through the archives. Yeah, man. he did. But dude, how cool is that, man? That hey. old the Godfather. He's a dude. He's we a big fan. Talking Taker. Absolutely, man. Take her easy. I brother. hope we get to. Yeah, hope we get to meet that guy one day. Like. I, we're, I asked BSK him. To, for life. I commented underneath it to tell us the story behind those pants. I hadn't heard that yet, but maybe he'll oh, we'll search see. back again and find that. On there, um, yeah, man, that's all I got here for tonight. Um, I, I, I want to wish uh, happy birthday to George Burns because uh, his birthday was uh, a couple days ago. <laughs> you remember that from one of our old <laughs> episodes, Travis? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 okay. Happy oh, birthday man. to George Burns. It was January twentieth, a few days ago. And <laughs> I don't know, man. You got any? Uh, you got any Royal Rumble predictions? 
Uh, I predict that somebody is going to win the men's Royal okay. Rumble and probably go on <laughs> to choose uh, the ECW a, a, champion. <laughs> no. No, you know what's weird? Man, I haven't on, been following things, so I, I, I don't know. Who, who should I bet on in the Royal Rumble? My pick is Drew McIntyre. The story that can be told there with him, he's literally never had a world title shot in his first run or this run. Is that true? He's, as far as I can tell, it, wow. it is on TV, and I, I can't tell. I can't recall any world never title shot. He was, always, he was always intercontinental title level, you know? Um, so him never having that, him, you know, he was like a little boy back then. Now he's like a beast of a man, and like he's just awesome. So I think the story to be told there between him and Brock would be phenomenal. Women be a heck of a match. Yeah, and I think, in my opinion, they can main event. I, Drew McIntyre is a future main eventer. Oh, speaking, of, I want to mention him. Um, I watched. There's a show on the network. It's just one of those dumb shows. I don't know what it's called. They probably only do two episodes. But anyway, he's talking about certain things in the past and like certain clips from matches and stuff in his history. And they bring up the Extreme Rules match that um, they had, he and Taker, or he it was him and Shane versus Taker and Roman Reigns. Right. The, the Junkyard Dogs. Remember that what they're called? <laughs> Graveyard Dogs. Graveyard Dogs. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Graveyard Dogs. Uh, ruined that. But anyway, he said the one thing he asked for in that match was the part where he and Taker go nose to nose and don't, they just don't even get to hit each other. Just They walk. He kind of stamps up the Taker. And he said that that's the one thing he asked for that in that match and he got it and he said the crowd was electric and i know i'm in commenting that to you like watching yeah. them do that was like yeah. i want i want him and taker to go at it so i want him and brock to go at it at mania i'd love that women uh man i just hope nia Jax doesn't win she's probably gonna come back i just oh, hope she doesn't win. <laughs> hadn't thought about her man <laughs> Ugh, uh, dang it Maybe Ronda Rousey will come out and win, and she and Becky can go one on one at Mania. I wouldn't be mad about that. There Although the rest of the roster would, because she gets everything handed to her. But who cares? She brings ratings, I guess. So. Yeah. What about you? You got any predictions? No, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, how about this? I'll make. Taker will be in it. Mm, I don't think he'll be in it. Me neither. Um, I will predict for the Royal Rumble. I'm gonna say. Mm, Jack Gallagher is going to win the Men's Royal Rumble. <laughs> Go and on to face uh, <laughs> Angel Garza. Yep. NXT He's Cruiserweight title. The two of the, <laughs> yep, the Cruiserweight title. And women's will be Santina Morella. <laughs> you know what? She's a former Battle Royal winner. She is. The WrestleMania Divas Miss Battle WrestleMania. Royal. That's right. Yeah. Uh, there you so go. She'll win the Women's Royal Rumble. There you go. All right. Well, we'll see who's right. <laughs> <laughs> Me or you. <laughs> Probably neither one of us. Probably not. Nope. Probably Rome reigns again. <laughs> or Batista. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. I, I do have a good Batista story. I, I'll save that for another another episode for my uh, time I shared the screen with Batista. Yeah. Uh, in, in a movie. But Absolutely. I'll do that We'll next. save that for Survivor we got, Series. Yeah, we got Survivor Series. I'll, I'll throw that one on there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, that'll be good. So, yeah, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we were there in Phillips Arena. If you were there with us, let us know what you thought about this match. Let us know what you thought about Do Rag McMahon and uh, the Fatal Four main event was fantastic. What did you guys think? What do you guys think about this match going to a, a, a draw? You know, were you excited that it was going to be extended? You know, the few, the few buzz, or were you really hoping for some you know finality there? So anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you next week when things get nutty around here. And like I said, it'll be a little heavy on some of the Benoit talk, but we'll make sure to keep it light and 
light and fluffy and, and uh, fun. So we'll sprinkle a little Old Bay on it and church it up. So other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we got uh, two words for you. Take her easy. <laughs> Tabernacle. <laughs> And I'll tell you what I don't get. You got Captain Cialis, Teddy Long back there, just completely letting people run roughshod. Why in the world would he do something like this to Mr. Kennedy and Finley? Stick them in the ring with a guy like Batista and The Undertaker for absolutely no reason, Michael. It's just not fair to these two guys. And I don't like it.